he he once carried me by my underwear across the lunchroom in front of a hundred crew members, <laughs> about twenty five feet or so. Just, but he was really nice to me. <laughs> just for the heck of it, or did he? Was he? Was, it, was there a bet on the table? Or no bet on the table? It just was Gary. <laughs> Gary. So that was. I mean, that was post accident, I believe, um, but very early, I think, after his motorcycle accident. Um, yeah, that post. I think both of them. Yeah. What What was that whole? Um, what was the what was the whole filming scene like? I mean, it was um, was it? I mean, I know it was obviously it was, it was a family movie. There were several kids on the set, obviously. Um, but what was that? What was that? Um, what was that experience like? What was the scene like? Uh, I mean, it was great. We we shot in Chicago yeah. for three months. Um, we had fifty five shooting days. Uh, I worked fifty four of them. Wow. Um, you know, we shot on Wrigley Field for an entire month wow. in October. Funny story uh, for, for baseball fans. At the time, uh, the producer, Bob Harper, met with the Cubs administration and owners, which was not the Ricketts back then, mm-hmm. and said, um, you know, they, they okayed them filming at Wrigley Field. Right. And they said, you, when can we shoot? This was May of 92. He said, okay, well, you can shoot in October. And they said, well, what about the postseason? And they said, we can guarantee you that you can have Wrigley Field in October. There will be no post. And they knew this in May. Yeah. Uh, so they were very excited about that. Also, in, in regard to Wizard World this weekend, I wanted to also mention, uh, for those of you that don't win tickets, you can still get 20% off your that general admission uh, if you use my, uh, my, my discount code, which is my initials and Wizard World's initials. So Thomas Ian Nicholas Wizard World. So T-I-N-W-W. You get 20% off, and not only am I doing the, the meet-and-greet stuff, but I'm playing on the entertainment stage on Friday and Saturday, and uh, I don't know the times, but the schedule's on the website. <laughs> yeah, I never can. know. I just, I'm at my booth, and they go, Tom, you need it on stage. I go, great. I'm, I'm on my way. So well, we can, let's, talk, let's talk, before we talk about American Pie, let's talk a little bit about your music. Have you always been musically inclined? Is that something you were always interested in or always performing, or when did that sort of develop in you? Uh, I started playing guitar when I was about 14 and I started touring about 11 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in here in Pittsburgh, I shot a movie, uh, I want to say it was in 07, I think Bridge to Nowhere, Blair Underwood directed, mm. um, locals Mike Dolan and, uh, Ben Barton produced it. And, um, I ended up coming back every year for like five years playing shows in Shadyside and, uh, and I love Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I, that's, that is when Pittsburgh became one of my favorite cities was back when we shot that movie. That's awesome. Um, so what kind of, uh, how would you describe your, your music to new fans? Um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> we got like a nineties vibe because I grew up in that, you sure. know, that, I mean, I had my mom's collection when I was a kid and then the nineties grudge era was, mm-hmm. you know, my, my Stilo in, in, in junior high. So I kind of have a combo platter of those, but more nineties yeah. rock on the sound. And I remember, you know, 10 years ago, I'd finish a show and someone would be like, you really sound 90s. <laughs> and now everyone's like, wow, you really sound 90s. So it all comes around and I just do what I do. God love nostalgia. That's it's it's great for um, it's great for for those of us that, uh, you know, like to live in the past a little bit like myself. Um, so do you enjoy acting or performing more, performing music more? Or do you, or do you have a preference? Is it? Uh, they're, they're two very different things. Sure. Um, you know, for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love them both for, for vastly different reasons. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, as an actor, I'm playing more characters that are outside of myself. And as a musician, I'm just, 
you know, free and being myself. Um, obviously, as a musician, I'm I'm writing the songs uh, and doing a lot of originals. So um, there's that, and but I'm also in in the film world. I'm also now producing, right? Uh, and I've produced about six features, and I've got one that's in post right now called Adverse, which is uh, with Mickey Rourke, Penelope Ann Miller, yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips, Sean Astin. So I'm not writing those, but I am getting to, you know, to choose those in a different way than just auditioning as an actor. Right. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about that. Um, so I saw the cast for adverse and I was like, again, talking a little bit about just, I'm a huge fan of great character actors. And those are my favorite. Like I, I grew up, you know, what I always loved guys like powers booth and, and, and the guys that were in everything, but they made their statement, you know, in, in that film. And you've got a lot of great actors in that film. What's the film about and, and, and how do those different uh, players fall in? Yeah. And in fact, Sam Levine will be here at Wizard World and he uh, right. has a, a role in the film also. Uh, the film, I play a, uh, a rideshare driver um, that has to navigate through a dangerous crime syndicate to save my sister. Wow. So Mickey Rourke is the head of the crime syndicate. Matt Ryan, who was Constantine is his right-hand man. You got Andrew Keegan and Luke Edwards. Uh, Luke, who was in another baseball yep. film around Rookie of the Year, yep. uh, sort of play some of the henchmen, so so to speak. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely tried to lose myself in this role uh, in a big way and become exactly that. I, I, yeah. Character lead is like, that's, that is my ultimate, ultimate goal yeah. as, uh, as an actor, to disappear into the role. And, and it's one of those funny things where I've been at my booth and someone will point at, you know, Walt before Mickey where mm -hmm. I played Walt Disney yeah. and they'll be like, Oh, what'd you do in this movie? And my picture's right there <laughs> as Walt Disney. And I'm like, that's me. And they're like, no. Wow. So I mean, my own, my, my greatest uh, claim to fame as far as disappearing in a role was uh, rules of attraction. I remember I went to the premiere. My mom was sitting next to me. I was on screen for a couple of minutes and my mom randomly leans over and she goes, so when are you going to be in the movie? I go, mom, that's me. So when you fool your own mother, you know, you've, uh, you know, you're, you're on your way. Um, so I was actually, as I mentioned, I was talking off, uh, off camera a little bit. I, um, interviewed earlier this week and you can find the interview at Pittsburgh current dot com and also you can go to wizardworld.com for all your ticket information and the schedule and and everything like that but i was talking to brian kraus of charm who will be at wizard world this weekend and what he kind of what he told me was his goal was to never be famous if that happened it happened but what he wanted to do was be a working actor his entire life retire work as an actor retire as an actor is that sort of where you sort of where you view your your goals and because I mean, you've obviously that's what you're doing right now I mean, I just, yeah, I love, I love creating yeah. and staying in the creative space. I mean, that's one of the main reasons I started playing music was all the downtime in between films or even mm. when I'm on a film sitting in my trailer, kind of twiddling my thumbs, you can only run your lines so many times, right. you know, and that's, you know, I just love to stay in that creative space. Yeah. It's why I like producing and acting, uh, less time sitting in my trailer, twiddling my thumbs because right. when I finish the scene, then I go I go from work to work. Right. Um so yeah, I mean I would say that that fame is is a byproduct of success, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's not the ultimate goal. Though once you do achieve it, it can open a lot of doors. Right. So, I definitely am very thankful for yeah. 
for the success that I've that I've had over the years. How did you how did you navigate that 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 space in between? It sounds like your mom was a big influence and a big help on that. But how did you navigate that space in between rookie of the year success and then were you 17 or 18 when you got American Pie? I was 18. 18 yeah. when you got American Pie. How do you navigate that transition from teen tween, you know, star in a really big movie? How do you navigate that area between that and then American Pie? I know there's some work in there, but how do you just that transition of being a child actor into an, into a young adult actor? How does that work out? I mean, statistically, there's only about three to five percent of us that kind of made it through into a young adult right. or into an adult career. Uh, it's a it's like the uh, the eye of the needle, so to speak. Right. right. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me. Uh, I just stayed at it. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, I was taking acting, private acting lessons at a, at a, uh, a, a really good school for, for, you know, kids. And then by the time I became a young adult, I got thrown out cause he's my acting coach. Is like, you've been here for 10 years. I can't teach you anything more. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I went every semester for yeah. 10 years. Wow. Um, you know, just auditions at the time, um, you know, from 86 until, 98 there was probably a hundred or more auditions every year wow. uh so you know i've heard no a lot in order to to land the 50 jobs that i've had in my career um so i think it's it's just i've learned to enjoy the the journey and the challenge and uh and like i said i, I love to stay in the creative space so if i'm creating a character for a potential opportunity or doing something i don't know there's just something about that it's kind of like like what do writers say they say how do you write we you write every day exactly so you know if if someone has a goal you just got to do something toward that goal every day absolutely we're talking with thomas ian nicholas of american pie of rookie of the year he will be at wizard world pittsburgh this weekend at the david l lawrence convention center wizardworld.com for your ticket needs you can also email olivia at pittsburghcurrent.com to enter uh, our contest, we have some tickets to give away, and also you can get 20% off your tickets if you go to the site and you use the uh, promo code T-I-N-W-W. That's right, T-I-N-W-W, my initials and Wizard World's initials, 20% off your GA tickets. Perfect. So let's um, let's kind of go down the stretch here and talk a little bit about um, American Pie. because What's that? that? You ever heard of that movie? I, I, I've heard rumblings <laughs> of that. It was, I believe, the film. At that, there seems to be a film every five, six, seven years that sort of bring back the hard R genre. And, and that was the hard R return of, I think, of that time. Um, yes, Adam Hers, uh, the writer, had a theory that films had a 20-year cycle. And so he studied uh, Animal House and Porky's yeah. incessantly and, and sort of combined them all. I mean, uh, point in case, if you're familiar with Porky's, the internet Nadia sequence is the hole in the girls' locker room sequence. It is with absolutely. technology. Wow, uh, Sorg and I are both nerds, and we both like, hey, that's that's I right. Think, that's- I, I don't think you really said "huh" right there because uh, of the correlation. <laughs> I think you just started imagining naked girls. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, when I don't imagine that, that's when things uh, that's when things are a little different in my day. Um, so you're 18 years old, and you go on that movie, and it's you know it's. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there, there are sex scenes. There are, you know, how do you as an 18 year old, wh- what did you think about that? Was that nerve wracking? Cause that you had a pretty intense scene with Terry Reed. Um, I'm 
Yeah, go yeah, pretty intense. Let's call it pretty intense with Terry Reed. How does something like that as you're 18 years old? What is that like when somebody says, "Okay, hey, you're going to blank and get do this scene." I'll, I'll tell you how this this went down and we're going to start at the beginning. Please. The scene he said, "Go back to the beginning." So here I am, <laughs> back at the beginning. Sorry, uh Carrie Elway was at the Last Wizard World, so um if our I, uh, fans don't get that one. Don't 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 spoil it for them. If they don't get that one, they shouldn't be here. Yeah, fans. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I gave them enough of a hint, <laughs> uh, and it wasn't Robin Hood Men in Tights. Um, so I uh, I got the script the first time, and it was uh, titled "Untitled Teenage Sex Comedy <laughs> That You Can Make for Under Ten Million Dollars That That Audiences or That Studios Will Hate But Audiences Will Love." <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I, I might be getting it wrong, but all those details were in, we're in the, the actual title of the film. That's amazing. Uh, and the opening scene was Kevin and Vicky with uh, Kevin, um, let's just say, um, using <laughs> his hands right. and Vicky giving him instructions. Um, so it wasn't, uh, you know, just Jim by himself. Right. It was right. sort of, it takes two to tango. Anyway, uh right. I, I read that opening scene about two pages in. I shut the script. I threw it in the trash. I called my agent and said, why are you sending me porn? <laughs> um, wow. And so I would say like a couple weeks later, same thing. They had they had auditioned around, couldn't find what they wanted. Um, in fact, I found out recently uh, the full details of yeah. them offering the role to Andrew Keegan, my uh, friend who I went to high school yeah. with. But he couldn't do it because of his uh, schedule with Ten Things I Hate About You. Wow! Um, so they were they were dying to like find their last person. They had the whole film cast, and my agent called me. Now I don't know how true this is, mm-hmm. but she said, "Look, they really want to see you. Uh, can you just read the whole script and give it one more shot?" Mm-hmm. And so I agreed. Uh, I of course. I, I didn't read it. <laughs> I mean, I, I did read it right. eventually, but I'm saying like I I called my agent. Uh, I was supposed to, you know, this is before email. Sure. She couldn't just email it to me. Right. So I was like, listen, I've already threw the other script away. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. Trash has come and gone. Right. Um, so I said, leave one in the Dropbox for me. I'll yeah. come pick it up and then I'll read it. So five o'clock comes. It's audition supposed to be the next day. I call my agent. I said, listen, I haven't picked up the script yet. <laughs> I, I didn't make the drive to Century City. Just schedule the appointment. Right. I'll go. I promised you that I would read it. So anyway, I drove down, picked it up. Uh, Woke up at like five in the morning. I had my audition was at eleven. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I read through it and I was laughing hysterically. Yeah. And I realized there was also a lot of heart in there. And so you know that was my sort of take on it is that being that I come from more of a dramatic background and sort of my approach to even you know rookie of the year and being grounded, mm-hmm. I was I was more focused on. The idea of, you know, Kevin going through the struggle that most people go through. Most people know a guy like Jim or they know a guy like Stiffer, but they aren't that person. Most people are Kevin. Are Kevin, right. So so my entire approach was just to, you know, depict what we are all going through and let people know like, hey, this is pretty normal. We're all kind of sharing this. It was in Adam Herz's mind. And, you know, uh, and maybe he modeled Kevin off of uh, Chris Bender. Sorry, Chris, for outing you, uh, <laughs> who's one of the producers. Um, but, you know, that was that was my thing to let people know that also, you know, while uh, while sex is obviously the goal of most high schoolers, it also complicates right. things. And 
and you know Kevin and Vicky are so focused on it. And then what's the first thing they do? They break up. <laughs> now, granted, that's a little fast, but yeah. that's kind of you know similar to uh, to what people experience. So I think for me, art is uh, about knowing that it's 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 okay, and that we kind of all go through similar things. It, I, I think what what it, what I liked about those movies, and, and it's it's probably um, the sign of everything in that film work together is that, um, yeah, I mean, obviously everybody know that, you know, Jim banged a pie in that movie, but it's not the first thing I think about when I think about those movies anymore. I mean, because I've seen them, I think on repeated viewings and, you know, the whole series, and it really is just about the relationship between the guys, their relationship with, you know, in love and just sort of managing, just sort of get through life like we all are. And I think that that's what resonates most with those movies. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I think that's why, that film kind of stands out um, against some of the other teen sex comedies mm-hmm. of the era uh, is that there was a lot more heart in it yeah. than it wasn't just, you know, the broad comedy. Sure. I mean, they went a little bit more for it with each of the, the sequels to where we kind of jumped the shark with American wedding, but then we brought it back with reunion. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And I- we the definitely jumped yeah. the shark yeah. in reunion <laughs> when we had Finch acting like Stifler. Yeah. Like I can't even watch it. I can't <laughs> even watch one. it. Um, I do want to, I do want to talk to you cause there, I've read some things as the 20th anniversary of American pie has come up. Some people are talk have been talking about that. There are obviously some scenes in there that are problematic now that maybe weren't back then. The part where, um, uh, with, uh, Jim's, uh, escapade gets sort of broadcast out, you know, without, without her knowing on the internet. And some of those things are kind of brought up as that kind of stuff wouldn't, wouldn't obviously wouldn't play anymore. And, what do you think that do you think that something like that should I guess how do you how do you respond to something like that in terms of um, if you were to tell somebody not to throw the baby out with the bathwater yes that's a problematic scene but there's more to this movie than just that how do you how do you sort of think back on that film Um, again the comedy worked then or some of the scenes worked then but maybe some of the themes I guess necessarily in today's age um, don't work I mean I don't know, man. We made it in '99, yeah. and, and we we were we were combating certain things that we were allowed to do and weren't allowed to do. Also, yeah, you know, especially on the sequel, especially yeah. on American Pie Two, there was certain things in the uh, in the drafts that we would see that the studio would kibosh, mm-hmm. um, so that we towed certain lines. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess yeah, I understand what the correlation is, but sure. we're, we're not talking about saying that that's okay. Right. Jim obviously made a mistake. Sure. 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 He wasn't spying on yeah. her. I mean, yes, he was with his friends, right. But the, you know, the whole student body seeing it was, uh, a mistake for comedy's sake. Right. And that's sort of the basis of comedy yeah. is that comedy is really only funny if you push the envelope. Right. So, absolutely. you know, we're not, we're not talking about a, a, a dramatic, film that says hey everybody let's broadcast our right, friends naked on the net right, yeah, yeah. so i think it's all it, it all has to be uh sort of uh digested in context right right um we are talking with thomas e nicholas he will be at wizard world uh pittsburgh this weekend friday saturday sunday at the david o. lawrence convention center uh www.wizardworld.com so as we're sort of wrapping up here um, what are these conventions like for you in terms of interacting with your fans? How long have you been doing them, first of all? And, and what's that experience been like? Um, I mean, 
I guess my first Wizard World was June 2017. Mm. Um, the first Comic-Con that I was ever yeah. a part of was in 2012, which I think is around the time that, um, you know, Comic-Cons kind of shifted into more of a pop culture mm-hmm. phase kind of delving out of the, you know, superhero right. comic book realm. Um, and uh, anyway, the experience for me is I still get starstruck if I see someone whose work I really enjoy. Yeah. And like, especially if I see them at a restaurant with their friends or family, I feel weird about like running over to them and, and interrupting them while they're out. So Wizard World Comic Con for me is like an opportunity to say, hey, I'm here for you to interrupt me. I'm yeah. at my booth. Come right. say hi. Uh, and and my the thing I love about it is I've learned that I've kind of grown up with the people that have enjoyed my work. Yeah, we've all we're all around the same age. Right. Um, you know, the film Rookie of the Year. I was 12, and it was meant for 12 year olds. Right. So it it's like kind of <laughs> in a weird way, <laughs> like catching up with old friends that I haven't gotten the chance to ever yeah. meet. Um, and, and an opportunity for me to say, thanks for enjoying what I do. Cause honestly, if I didn't have people that cared or watched or enjoyed my work, yeah. I wouldn't still be in the business 33 years later. Um, this is a question I like to ask folks who, um, <laughs> who, who do these, uh, because I actually, the first time I ever asked it was probably almost eight or nine years ago. I asked George Takei this question because he came to town for an event. Um, and I asked him, what's the strangest thing that a fan ever asked him to sign? And George intimated that it was um, a body part. <laughs> so I just want to ask you, I don't know if that, you know, what's the weirdest, has anyone ever asked you to sign something odd or have you signed many like arms or bodies or? Um, there's been some, some body parts signed yeah. over the years for sure. <laughs> um, certain body parts are more prevalent at rock shows than at Comic-Con. Gotcha. Um, I would say the strangest thing, and I remember uh, so on my first album, uh, I had – because I've done six albums mm-hmm. uh, and I'm working on the seventh one right now. But I remember Bruce Kulick uh, played lead guitar on my first album. He played with Kiss for 15 mm-hmm. years. Now he plays with Grand Funk Railroad. And he would talk about these like shows he would do in South America where he'd go down, play lead guitar and like everyone be dressed up like Kiss. And then he'd sign you know body parts, right. arms, legs, things. And when he came to the city the next time – They'd have his signature tattooed. <laughs> wow. And uh, that's probably the strangest thing is I've had a couple, just a couple of people that have had me sign like an arm and told me like, I'm going to get this <laughs> as a tattoo. And I've thought, wow, like that's that's serious, man. Yeah. That is a serious autograph. And I, <laughs> I definitely take my time to make sure that it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> is that flattering or more flattering or more creepy when someone says they're going to get you tattooed on their arm? For I that? don't necessarily think that, I mean, it's, it's flattering. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying please do that. Right. Uh, right. I don't have any tattoos cause you know, the main difference between me and let's say Sean William Scott and yeah. the hair and makeup tra- trailer on American reunion is right. I was in and out in 10 minutes and Sean <laughs> had to spend an hour getting all his tattoos right. covered and airbrushed. <laughs> so I probably won't get a yeah. tattoo. No, it's totally flattering because it, it's more of the idea behind it. And that's, that's my whole kind of um, my vibe at, at wizard world comic con mm-hmm. is, you know, I've collected autographs and, yeah. and memorabilia. And when I look at that memorabilia, I remember the time of getting it. And if the person was cool and I had a great experience, 
then it's like this, it's like that, yeah. <laughs> what is that? The, the Facebook time hop. It pops up and you're <laughs> right. like, wow, remember that moment, that <laughs> yeah. day seven years yeah. ago when that happened? And that's the kind of vibe that I want to, you know, leave people with. Absolutely. Um, you know, you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to be that memorabilia on the wall where they go, remember when I met that jerk, <laughs> Thomas Nicholas? What a, what a douche. Isn't he the one that fucked the pie in American Pie? Oh, no, it's the other guy. Do you ever get confused for... Uh, for being the pie? Yes. For being the pie. <laughs> it was a big career move. That was a gutsy career move for you to be the pie. Yeah, it was, you know. I, uh, I did it for pies all across America, really. Fantastic, as we all should. Thomas E. Nicholas, thank you so much for all the time today. I really appreciate appreciate uh, you coming down here, and um, we hope you enjoy Pittsburgh for sure, and enjoy Pittsburgh. the Comic-Con. Absolutely. You can get tickets to the Wizard World Comic-Con, wizardworld.com. You can use the uh, promo code T-I-N-W-W to get, 25, to get 20% off, and if you want to win tickets, you can email Olivia at pittsburghcurrent.com, and she will uh, she'll be picking a winner later today later today and so um thank you very much this has been the pittsburgh current podcast and uh thank you to our sponsors compassion certification centers have a great week a better alternative Giving Pittsburgh A better alternative This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.